Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Will. Really excited to get into to your journey and your path and your vision and mission of what you're working on now. Uh, but let's before we get into to the Impact app and, and a lot of things you're doing now, let's let's go back a little bit and talk about your journey and path because you lived on you know both sides of uh, big finance and sort of on the other side of dealing with big nonprofits and allocating you know capital on on a lot of different sides. So just mm-hmm. I guess walk us through your journey, man, up to this point. Yeah, thank you for the question. You know, I'm so grateful to be at a point where my life is starting to make sense. There's, as you said, like I've been in these kind of two polarized worlds and the environment that I grew up in versus like where my passions drew me to as a young man and and even before that, there seemed to always be this kind of like polarization or this butting of heads between the two. So I grew up in a town called Greenwich, Connecticut, and there is a lot of finance money in that town. And I'm sure a lot of you know that my father founded Interactive Brokers. And so even, you know, before I can remember, I'm sure I was picking up on like the rules of finance, the marketplace, the flows of these things. And so like, I, I kind of consider that I was steeped in it from an early age. And so I always kind of saw things a little bit through that lens. And then I think the first thing that I did that really brought me to like my passions was I started doing Knowles courses and Knowles is stands for National Outdoor Leadership School. Mm. And so that got me out of Greenwich, Connecticut. And I would go on these first one was I backpacked 300 miles through Alaska. That's when I really dropped into the natural world and how important that was for me and my well-being and how connected I was to that. The other thing that my dad did a great job of teaching me when I was younger was was about nature and like evolution and how all of these systems in the natural world work. And so I always, even when I started to grasp an understanding of both these things, drew a parallel between our economic systems and our ecological system. And so I saw our ecological systems really functioning in a balance where, you know, every single member of that ecological community has a role and is is accounted for in some way. And so then I would look at our economic systems and start to see holes there. So I think Knowles was a big thing for me. I then went uh, in college, I studied ecological ecological environmental studies at CU Boulder. And I recall, like I had to take economics classes as well. And I recall very funny, the things that like stand out to you in your memories is like really, really clear. And I remember the exact day where they they taught us about the concept of externality. And that concept is like, there is a thing like either, you know, the impact of creation of a good or service that is left off the balance sheet that's unaccounted for and that that's okay. (laughs) That's like what an externality is and that's okay. I just remember like, that's not okay. Just thinking that that's not, that's not how a a holistic system can function in a healthy way. And those things, those externalities are really, we're starting to see the impact of those in in real time right now. Those are the health, like the health of our common. And I also remember very clearly in college learning about the, the tragedy of the commons and how that was kind of taught as a fact that commons don't work and we don't have them. And we have this like, you know, private capitalistic system. And through growing up, I found that that's very not true. Like we do have commons. Commons are the health of our air, the health of our oceans, the health of our lands. What happens over here affects what happens over here. Everything is impacted by everything. And so that's kind of the, the formulation of what I kind of set my sights on doing with my life was 
to internalize externality, to shed light on the things that are really some of the most valuable things we have on this planet and bring those into how we look at financial flows, both, you know, through charity or investment. And, you know, something I like to say is every investment is an impact investment. It just depends on whether you're aware or conscious of that impact or not, right? (laughs) So yeah, that takes me to to college. And another really big kind of seed moment was that I started working on regenerative ranches in my summers when I was in college. So I I I worked in Colorado and Montana. It was super fun. You know, I got to saddle up my horse at sunrise and go ride out and move cattle. And like, it was, it was such a good thing to do as, as a young person. And there was this huge aha moment one morning where I, you know, I was riding out to fix the perimeter fence of the property. And these ranches were, were regeneratively managed, something called the savory uh, method was, was being used there. And I remember seeing this very, very clear line between our side of the property and the neighboring side of the property, which was managed traditionally. And our side was like green, lush, healthy. It was holding water. It was moist. It was, you know, looked really healthy and and like valuable. And then right on the other side of the fence was like dust. And, you know, we're starting to see a lot of how our land management practices create deserts. They're desertifying land everywhere. And I just started wondering, like, this is so clearly better why isn't everybody doing it this way and soon after that uh, we added some of these regenerative ranches into our family portfolio and i started to see the flip side of that which was that they generally break even to lose a little bit of money while traditionally managed ranches are profitable and that's when i started to connect this externality principle and started to realize like the value that's being created of a healthy ecosystem which i think today a lot of us can agree is one of the most valuable things we have on this planet is completely left off the off the balance sheet it's unaccounted for in our economic system and i identified that as a massive problem and one that is deserving of devoting a life to and so next chapter was we set up a family foundation so i have two older sisters that i'm very very close to all of us really drawn to the natural world really like find that really have that strong connection and you know our generation we've started to see the real devastation of our our environmental natural world in in real time, the fastest it's ever happened before. And so we started at kind of a young age when we started to piece together like, whoa, dad is not just like normal dad. He's actually, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's created a lot of, of wealth and maybe one day we're going to be able to actually make change with that. And so we pushed for a long time. Eventually, we set up a, a foundation that gives grants to ecological and social causes and I was tasked and I was at this time I was living in Northern California at a like regenerative community learning permaculture and you know really working with the land I was tasked with creating the investment side of that foundation so a foundation has to have 90% of their assets invested in something and I was really challenged with coming up with an investment portfolio or strategy that wasn't creating the, or adding to the very problems we were trying to solve with our, our grant making so again like really drawing the parallel that that these worlds are not that separate philanthropy and invest it took me over a year to come up with a portfolio that that was not adding to these problems 
and that's like and that's me that's somebody who has a lot of like you know people in my network who can you know support with with financial knowledge and wisdom and so i started to think like wow how how is everybody expected to be able to do this if if it took me this long to do it and i am happy to report we did eventually come up with a strategy and a portfolio that actually performs usually better than market. So that also showed me that investing with this level of intention and authenticity actually performs well in your wallet too. Um, So you don't have to make this trade-off between values and profit, which I think a lot of people think when they think of ESG and impact investing. So we did eventually create that. And then that was also when I started to recognize and give credit to the impacts of our financial systems and how impactful our, you know, our economy and investments are. I then did a very strong pivot and moved from my, you know, little <laughs> permaculture community in Northern California. And I moved to Manhattan and I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to learn this stuff. I'm going to figure it out. And I eventually started working as an analyst for a hedge fund. And that was very eye-opening and I learned a lot. I did that for three years. And at the end of those three years, I had to get out of there. I was like, this is almost life or death at this point. My my heart was really crushed. My soul was not very happy. Seeing the the foundational principles or values that our traditional finance world is based on and seeing how these big decisions having that have global impacts, none of those global impacts are really considered is really just looking at that single bottom line is is this going to make money or not and I you know was new and had to bite my tongue in these conversations I couldn't really speak up and it was just really it was really challenging for me and so when I left there figured okay I've learned enough the juice is no longer worth the squeeze and I had to go lick my wounds in the desert I moved to New Mexico and I took my dog and I was like I'm just gonna go be in the desert with my dog and like heal and and figure out what how to integrate all of this and so that was when uh bioneers is a, a huge it's it's a big organization in my life i remember going to that it's a nonprofit, and i went to their uh conference when i was in my early 20s my mom took me and i remember being so grateful i was like wow i finally found like my people, my work, this is the stuff that really gets me going. And there's this whole community around all of this stuff. And very serendipitously, I find myself in New Mexico and I didn't even know this, but the founder of Bioneers was one of the only people that I knew in New Mexico. And he's uh, like an older man. And I was always kind of looking for, you know, just older men who I respect in my life. I think that's a very valuable thing for anyone to do. And we went out to lunch and he told told me that, you know, he needed some part-time support and I eventually ended up working for Bioneers full-time for the next three years. It was an amazing environment for me to integrate kind of that experience of finance and then tie it to, again, the stuff that I'm extremely passionate about and see how I could, you know, draw a through line between these things and um, start creating economic systems that are tied to our ecological systems and not at detriment to them. Um, which is a huge challenge. I think a lot of us are are seeing this and it's complicated and it's challenging and it flips a lot of the foundational principles of finance in order to create these systems. But I think we, we really need it. That takes us close to present. I remember I was New Year's of 2019 and I was 
really, I knew that my dad was going to be stepping down as CEO of Interactive Brokers uh, at our company party, our Christmas party. So I was going from New Year's in Costa Rica to our Christmas party in Manhattan. And it was, I had this document in my inbox pending whether I was going to join the board of Interactive Brokers or not. And, you know, having that experience that I had in traditional finance in Manhattan, I was really kind of protective of myself as to whether I wanted to engage in that world again. I really did a lot of introspection as to like, if I make this decision, I need to make sure that I'm doing it because I can really add value here. I can be aligned with who I am and my heart in this environment and make positive change through this, this decision. And that's also the time that ESG was just starting to kind of bubble up. And I saw like ESG, I've thought, of, I think it's a great thing. And I think it's just a baby step in the direction yeah. our economy needs to go, right? The coolest thing about it, though, that I saw I could use to take it that that next step further was the amount of data that it, that it leans on. So the mm-hmm. amount of data points we now have access to that are way more than just financial right. about any company, I started to see how that process that I underwent that took over a year of creating a values-aligned portfolio kind of aligned with you know my my dad and what what he always attempted to do was I could automate that and I could give that ability to our clients and make it easy and simple and fun and smooth and I started to think about the impacts of that if everybody's financial decisions were aligned with what was really near and dear to them on the inside we would through that you know start to create a more harmonious and aligned planet. And I think transparency is a huge part. Like a lot of times with public markets, you know, you're, you don't really meet the founding team. You kind of just click a button and all of a sudden you're partnered. And these data points allow us to simply and easily, in a sense, like meet the founding team, understand what the values are and the operations are of a company before we engage with it. And where our money is, is, you know, it's there to, yes, like benefit us and, and make a profit, but it's also in, it, energetically, it's, it's a tie to, to those operations. Like we're supporting those operations when we invest in something. And so that's when, yeah, the idea for the impact app kind of started to form. And I also saw that ESG was going to become this, this massive wave. And we were a little bit ahead of the curve if I could get in and start both internally and externally so both with our company operations and practices, as well as externally creating tools and products for our clients to be able to invest in these ways, um, it was going to be a win-win-win. So that's when I decided to join and I made the proposal to really initiate and build our, our ESG branch of the company. And you know that, that brings us to date. That's been my journey for the past over two years. And it's, uh, it's been a lot and it's been really exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really kind of, but it's really, you must be like <clears throat> in a real great headspace now because um, those two worlds are really kind of, they're interjecting right now, right? They're coming, they're, they're coming together in a very interesting way. But when you look at ESG, right? And, and like the popularity it's gained, do you get kind of, I guess, since you're, you, you've kind of been in it since the early stages, do you get a little bit upset when you see some of these maybe like greenwashing or do you help like not consult but like if you see somebody doing misleading things right because I think that's a lot of of this now with with consumers and, and clients like how do we know what is sort of truthful or not 
right? Yeah. You know, deal, dealing with, like you said, finance has not been traditionally transparent, you know, uh-huh. traditionally forthcoming with, with, with certain things. And how do we know that the, the people that have made, you know, extracted in these companies that have made billions and billions off of sort of, you know, extraction of the earth, how can we trust them to make these pivots into... You know, revitalizing Earth and, and actually investing in them, make sure they do that. I guess the uh-huh. short question was be is that do you do you roll your eyes a little bit at some of the ESG stuff because you're sort of so into it and you kind of know totally perhaps what the best way is? Totally, I do. And you know, I, there's no there's no blame here. Like one of the things that we're you know we've addressed this point already is that like the finance world and the nonprofit, social, ecological yeah. world have always been really separate. So right. people now who've been working in this finance environment for so long, it's really hard to start to understand like yeah. how important that stuff is just because they've been so separate for so long. So the biggest way to separate greenwashing from authenticity is to first acknowledge that greenwashing is a massive thing and it's very present and it's very out there. So don't just believe a word on a page that you read. And, you know, we at IB have also, it's, it's funny, I've started to understand how important marketing is. So like I've done all of these things within the company, but then I also have to spend as much energy and resources just to tell people that we're doing of stuff. Yeah. And so within that, I've looked at how do we make it so that you can tell that our actions are authentic and not greenwashing and the the tactics that we use and i would i would suggest anybody look for these things are data points like back up the word with a data point that actually Mm -hmm. proves that you have done these things and are putting your money where your mouth is so to speak and then i think it's looking at people one of the things that i always look at first in a company is is the team you know and and start to do a little digging on you know what what are the values that this person really stands for and try and find some some speaking some speaking opportunities of somebody because we can tell in you know usually you could tell listening to somebody if they're authentic or not and so those are the two things that are three things like acknowledge that it's there look for data points and and try and do a little digging into the team when you when you look at let's say regenerative ranching right or regenerative farming regenerative agriculture in general is uh-huh. there's so many interesting startups out there doing some phenomenal things been grateful to, to have interviewed a bunch of them but you know they're not public companies right so like a lot of people can't really invest in them you know and that and that's sort of a you know a sec thing uh, you know around being an accredited investor uh-huh. and all this stuff so i guess how do you how do we look at the public markets and find esg like relevant companies right in the private market there are a ton like there are amazing uh-huh. companies doing unbelievable things yeah but normal people can't invest in that right so right. most people have to go to the public markets to try to find a similarity right but it's very tough because these are legacy companies and they're not they cannot be as innovative right as these startups they can't really uh-huh. shift and pivot that quickly so i guess how retail investors can we look like can you find really impactful ESG companies in the public markets it's tough and some of them and we're starting to see more so like the the, what I see is like this ESG movement and this impact investing movement it's it's somewhat of this like toroidal loop it's as people start to invest with that methodology more you know one of the challenges that I've always found a little disheartening about public companies is most are you know once you go public you're really beholden to shareholders and creating shareholder value which is financial as we start to we all have to 
to work together in a sense to say that we will put our money with towards companies that are acting in a values aligned way. And that, you know, it's this money is supposed to be, and I think we've gotten really far away from this, but that's, this is what this movement is about is bringing it back to stand for true value. Money is supposed to be a representation of value. Mm. And we've gotten away from that to a degree where the value has just become money, but it's not necessarily tied to something of real value. So if we start to walk in that way and invest in value, not necessarily money, the money will follow. And, you know, some people can make those decisions, some people can't. And we're, you know, we're starting again, like I've been a, it's been a common debate, honestly, between my dad and I as to whether like this style of investment is, is uh, valid or not. Right. And through my life and my investment decisions started to prove to myself, because I honestly doubted it too, that it, that it totally yeah. is. If we invest in line with like, if something that we really care about, chances are a lot of other people really care about that too. And so it's going to become valuable as this information becomes more and more transparent. So yeah, it's, it's somewhat the word, I mean, it's, a, it's an intense word, but it's almost like a revolution or a, a, a total like evolution of our financial systems is going on. And as you know, one of the cool things, and this is one of the main points that, that I made in getting our whole ESG initiative approved is, you know, millennials, there's these two, um, two statistics that that are really impactful, which is a millennial or, you know, younger generation is four times more likely to spend more money on an ecologically friendly product than less money on a mass produced product. So we're starting to see, and I think this is due to the internet, money and value are like, you know, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a hit because we're actually creating this, this real value here. And it's one of the, one of the funny things uh, that I've come across is I do a lot of work philanthropic with with indigenous communities and you know i think that that earth-based wisdom and way of being of, of consciousness and awareness is really what is needed now so we need to kind of like couple that way of being with our modern technologies in a degree and i remember talking with someone who's kind of a brother uncle figure to me and he was asking me this question he was like why is it will that when if you already have money you can't spend money on anything unless you're making more money but if you but like if you know, when I go to the store and I buy a tube of toothpaste, I'm not expected to get the tube of toothpaste and my money plus some back. And, <laughs> and so I, you know, there's, there's, I think people are understanding that, that it's sometimes worth it to put your money where your mouth is and say like, I'm going to pay for this thing because of the value and impact that it's having is worth it. And that I believe will turn the tides and also end up making those things far more profitable than, than things that are not doing that. Totally agree, man. That's kind of been, you know, the mission of, of this, uh, of the Claws Arts platform is kind of showing the power of your dollar, right? You know, uh -huh. you can still use that to mass benefit, not change your life, right? Because like everybody, you know, can't go somewhere as and volunteer or everybody can't do this or everybody can't do that, but everybody can buy toothpaste, right? <laughs> like that right, is, right, right. we all have these common things that we purchase and buy. And uh, I think like you said, with the data and the internet and just information and education, it's just being more available that it allows consumers to make different choices and uh -huh. those different choices can have a really powerful impact on the back end downroad effects that that happen when somebody makes a, a purchase from a company that looks at these things 
as valuable. Like you said, you know, uh-huh. they look at different things as valuable. And uh, I want to go back to one thing you said before, when you were on that ranch, when you were working on that ranch, you kind of said, you know, you looked at this side of the fence and it was like, you know, beautiful, like green, like plush. And like, they were just sort of barely getting by, right? They were kind of, it's like kind of profitable, like regenerative farming and ranching. And then the other side was like dusty, broken down, but they're making so much money. How do we look at those things and say, how is this regenerative ranching side what is the value of restoring the land, replenishing the land, having the land be sustainable for future generations? How do we put value on like taking care of things uh-huh. rather than the value of extracting things? It's a hard thing to think about, right? Just because uh-huh. generations, generationally, we've been taught that, you know, money is like services and goods. You pay this, I get this at scale, profitable. Like, uh-huh. I think we get that, right? How do we kind of take a, a similar mentality and look at, value that is created in maybe not goods and services but the value of restoration of reforestation of sustainability of regenerative how do you put value on that type of thing like i think that's kind of where we're all trying to figure out like how do we place value on that totally totally i mean there's it's so many people are at that edge and it's on, it's where i am it's where um i started my own organization a, a little bit over a year ago uh that's really really focused on on that exact problem well not problem but solution like finding finding answers to that solution and it's it's really like we've got to really open up our brains and throw out a lot of the stuff that we used to believe about about what's what makes money and not and it's really super exciting honestly there's there's so many good people like coming up with and it's you know it's somewhat like uh again i tie a lot of this to to an ecological system so if we look at like a a jungle or a forest this is a little anecdote i like like if we look at like a huge tree uh like a huge saber tree that's like the tree of life in avatar one of these massive forest (laughs) trees and it is it is providing so much for the ecosystem it's like tons of little critters are living in it it's their home it's providing food for so many things it's providing you know oxygen and and health to the forest and we can tie that to in our economy a large institution uh or a large belief system that is mainly an institution like it's giving people paychecks it's Mm -hmm. providing uh shelter and food for these people and when that tree falls like it's a terrible day for all the critters that live in that tree but it does happen one day it falls and then there's this big space where all of a sudden sunlight's coming down and there's all these different species that are trying to grow up and eventually there is a huge tree standing there again and i see like that's that's the space that we're in right now with kind of tying you know how to bring ecological value to the forefront of valuing that through our economy and so there's all these ideas that are popping up and it's such an exciting space and one of the things i mean blockchain is massive i think in in coming up with a solution for this and that's what's so cool about blockchain is that it's so many different currencies can exist within it that are backed by different things and our world is more complex, I believe, than just having one currency that stands for all value. Um, and so with blockchain, we can actually start to create this, this environment where tokens are backed by different forms of value. And, you know, I think carbon markets have been around since the 80s. This man, was our that, was just, that was my next question, man. That was my next question. Yeah. Beat yeah, me to it. it. But yes, elaborate. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> It's, uh, I mean, we, they have not been great since the 80s. We've been trying right. to figure this out. And what is the problem, I believe, with, with carbon markets is that it's either a incentive for sequestration 
or it is a justification for pollution. Right. And depending on the price and regulation of these credits is, is that line is whether they're, you know, you're just paying a dollar. And, and I remember when I first started getting into carbon markets, it was like $3 for a ton of carbon. Ton of carbon yeah. Now it's I like think 20, huh? Or something. <laughs> it's going up, which is awesome. Yeah. But I remember when I first looked at it, I was like, that's the cheapest thing there is a $3 yeah. for a ton of something. The cheapest thing. And that's the problem is that you could like all of a sudden pay three bucks and then all and you know not be seen as right, polluting right. a ton of carbon. And as that price goes up and those regulations go up, it's starting to be really become an incentive. And we're starting to see a lot of people that are investing in carbon. And I, carbon again like ESG is the baby step we can start yeah. to and, and this is I think the most exciting thing that's going on right now is with these newer technologies I call it like it's somewhat like the hundred monkey theory like we got into Fitbits as humans right we all of a sudden decided oh this is yeah. helpful if I can see these data points about the health of my organism on my wrist well what is the thing that we all have to do right now that I think a lot of us know is we need to really start tracking the health of our earth mm -hmm. and we can and start to like I think this movement is underway kind of in fit fitting the planet so we're starting to come mm -hmm. up with these other technologies to be able to sense not just carbon but biodiversity and soil health and you know cleanliness of water and health of watershed yep. and those data points can be uploaded into the cryptoverse if you will and have tokens that are tied yep. to them and so that we can literally make the decision and, and this is my biggest advice to anybody who wants to be conscious or aware and like kind of bring sacredness back to Back to the world. I mean, I think this is in the past, the idea of sacred used to be such a such a thing, you know, we devoted so much energy to spirituality and religion and devotion and that energy in the Western world is somewhat gone, but we can see that it's really been imbued into the dollar. And yeah. a lot of things about the dollar is now we consider sacred. So it's really important where we where we put our money and what we choose to say is valuable with our dollars. And I, I really urge everybody to go like deep inside themselves and figure out what is valuable to me and have those actions be aligned. And as you know, that continues to happen, we're going to start to see, I think like that ecological value and the health of our planet and social communities becomes the most valuable thing that we're all putting, putting money behind and that our original role as a species on this planet, which is to steward the earth, starts becoming our most valuable, profitable profession. That's that's the vision. That's what I yeah, really that's, hope for. That's that's the game changer for sure. I'll I'll end yeah. a little bit on the on the app. So, yeah, I gotta talk about the app. Yeah. So the so the impact app and we were just talking about carbon and carbon credits or whatever. And I, I kind of want to go in, I guess how how do you put the the data points in there to spit out, you know, certain funds? right that are presented mm -hmm. based on value to 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 a user is mm -hmm. is like carbon credits one of those is that is that a, is that a line item on a balance sheet that you look at if a company has is that get put into the algorithm mm -hmm. within these funds i guess just talk about the app itself i guess what it does what it is and maybe how like the funds are chosen totally and so the, the flagship tool of the app the main functionality of the app which was you know the seed idea 
was to automate a way for people not just to like invest in E, S, or G, but to really personalize the experience. So I noticed that like a lot of people have the mentality when they go into the investment space of kind of like, I'm here strictly to make money. I don't really trust other people. Like, you know, like there's, there's that headspace that people go into and and we leave a lot of the heart or human centric aspect of life out of it when we go into that space and one of the the really things i love about the impact app is when you first log on the you kind of have to go through this process where the first thing it asks you is what do you care about because we all need to be in consideration of that when we're investing and so you go through uh this series of values oriented questions where you can rate from this is neutral to this is the most important thing in the world to me and there's a sliding scale the way that we did this was we pretty much we were originally going to base this off of the sdgs which were uh, sustainable development goals put forth by the UN. And we were going to use all of these SDGs and then look at the universe of data points we have access to and, and clump these data points into each value. We saw that when looking at the investment space, the SDGs weren't the most efficient th thing. So we actually simplified it a little bit and came up with our own values. And the intention was really to create a holistic set of values that speaks to you know, the, the whole swath of what people could care about when investing. And so we clumped the data points, tied them to values. And then when you go through this process, you rate this is important or very, very important to me. And it kind of creates this, you know, like a, an avatar of your values self. And so when you then, if you upload your portfolio to it, if you already have a portfolio, it will rate your portfolio, each position based on how aligned it is with your values. So you'll see uh, a letter cool. grade in the center. We call it our, thank you. We call it our uh, impact lens is, is this little graphic. And in the center of it is a letter grade. And that speaks to how aligned your whole portfolio is with, with you. And around the edge is this segmented ring that's color coded. And so if the ring is like this kind of uh, somewhat like sickly looking yellow, that is speaking to a specific position in your portfolio that's out of line with the values you've stated to care about. And you can hover over it and it'll say, you know, you've said that you care about ocean life. You have this company that just was, right. you know, noted for dumping a bunch of toxic sludge in the ocean. This is out of line. If you want to further align your portfolio, here are companies that are in similar industries with a similar market cap that are more aligned with your value. And one feature we think is pretty slick is the swap feature. So with the click of one button, you can just instantly move uh, your assets from this company over to another company hmm. and you'll see your letter grade go up and you'll, you know, huh. that feels good. <laughs> yeah, no, like that's, and this goes back to the ability to do this and get these immediate sort of scores. It goes back to the data that we were talking about a little earlier, right? Like, totally. I guess, talk a little bit about how data gives us the opportunity to actually change the way we invest our money, the way companies behave, because now you guys, you know, built something where it shows or score based on, you know, what these companies are doing, right? Based on mm -hmm. data points that you've pointed out to be, you know, detrimental to the environment or, you know, diversity in 
a C-suite or, or whatever the, va the variables uh -huh. are. I guess just talk about data and, and the possibilities there. And it, it feels like we're kind of just scratching also the surface of, of, of what we could do with data. The biggest kind of uh, variable here is to these tools and it is the data and how accurate the data is and how real time the data is. And that's one of the most challenging parts with ESG, depending on what data provider you go to, you're going to see different scores for different companies and it all has to do with their strategy of how do they collect the data. And so we're, you know, one of our biggest commitments is to continue to evolving our, our suite of data providers to be the most current and accurate. We currently use two different providers. So it's a combination of two different things, which we think the, the combo effect of these is, is the most accurate for the time being. One is called True Value. True Value is a relatively newer company, but what they do, and I think this is pretty smart, is they only look at information that's brought out about a company that is from a third party source. So they don't look at SEC filings right, or anything right. a company puts out about themselves. Cause like when we're talking about ourselves, we have rosy colored glasses on and we want to like kind of yeah. make ourselves look good. So they, they kind of bypass that. And then we couple that with uh, Refinitiv, which looks at SEC filings and information that a company puts out about itself. And so we kind of, we blend those two scores to come up with, you know, our custom score. We want to continue to, to develop which, which data providers we use and stay like best in class. It's a huge undertaking to, to match data points to every single company about everything that yeah, they're yeah, doing. Yeah. So it's that's crazy. the biggest, that's the biggest place where we're going to keep, you know, the whole ESG space is going to keep evolving and getting better due to that. Last question uh, would be around the future around success, right? Or, or what does success look like, you know, for you? And we can, we can go down the road of the, the app itself or, you know, the foundations you're a part of or the, the nonprofits, just, it could be personally, but like three to five years, like, or over the even next decade, I guess, what would success look like for you and sort of all the realms that you're living in? The thing, well, One Small Planet's the name of the organization that I, I came up with and founded a little over a year ago. And so I, I'm splitting my time between these two things. They're very related and linked, but as far as the impact app goes, you know, that's just the flagship tool and, and that's kind of the seed idea, but the, the, the whole idea is yet to really be launched. And so we have the impact lens, which is the main feature. And then we also have a charitable giving aspect. So you can, you know, through your values, it'll also assess charities that you can give to that are aligned with your values. It's also a research tool and a trading tool. So my favorite thing to do on it is, is really just research and it'll guide your research based on the values that you've said to care about. We're going to soon launch a social media component so that you can like meet people who have shared values, discuss their investment strategy and, and share and learn with each other. Crypto, we recently launched on the app as well and currently it's it's kind of elementary but we are really excited about evolving that offering to have some of these newer tokens that are linked to more specific yeah. value sets and so like my idea of success with this app is just that more people start investing in this way and more people start becoming yeah. conscious of how they're investing their money and more people start investing their own money. So the thing that I noticed is like investing, even just the word is, is, you know, daunting to some people and it's, it's scary. And a lot, it's like, because of the terms that are used. And so a lot of people will say like, I don't want to do this myself. I'm going to give this to an investment yeah. advisor and they're going to do it for me. And in my opinion, that's somewhat like, 
skipping out on our responsibilities as a yeah. community member. Uh, we need to be aware of where that money is going and this app makes that easy for people to do. And so the more people that are investing their own money and investing in this strategy, whether it's through the Impact app or whether this Impact app motivates other companies to launch similar tools, just the more people doing this and you know, as we start to see statistically the amount of people that are doing quote unquote really just, are you aware of your impact or not? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's success. And then we start to see companies, the big success is we start to see this accountability and transparency change actions and decisions and operations of management and leadership and other, and other companies. So that's what success looks like to me is more people, like more people doing this and really like bringing money back as an accurate, transparent reflection of what people believe is valuable. That, that's what success would look like to me through the impact app, uh, interactive brokers. It's so exciting. It's, you know, it's a, it's a big ship and it's, you know, it's, it's been around for a while. So making change in something like that is, is not overnight. And, but I, I love the process and it's really, you know, getting, getting the company to understand and authentically embrace these changes and why it's important has been just really, it's really fruitful to me personally. Like I love the journey and I love yeah. seeing, seeing this change be made. And so the more that that company becomes conscious, ESG friendly, environmentally friendly, and then starts offering these tools, it's, you know, it's somewhat of a lineage thing for me. It's like, that was the thing yeah. my dad created and, and it's my like honor and joy to be able to evolve it and make it better for, for our modern times. So that's what success looks like on that side. And then uh, through one small planet, that's really like, again, like proving this concept that pure, you know, investing from a pure values lens. So we have four, uh, one of the things that's really um, important to me in my life is, is our elements and being aware of the foundational elements that make up ourselves and this planet. You know, we have the four, we have fire, water, earth, air, and really being aware of the principles of each of these elements and like devotion to and appreciation to these elements is a big part of my life. And so one small planet is kind of broken down in that way. We have four pillars of financial flows and hmm. they're all somewhat financial flows, but fire is our impact fund. And so we make profitable impact investments that are aligned with our core values. And as, as the world is changing, that's one of the most exciting things is like there's, there's there is so much money to be made in investing in line with values. So that's our fire fund. Then we have water, which is our philanthropic arm. And so that's where we give grants to, um, again, aligned uh, charities with our values. And then we have earth and that's actively regenerative land projects. So actually sequestering carbon, bringing, bringing health back to ecosystems. And as we're doing that, we're also piloting new technologies that are going to be utilized and needed for our regenerative future yeah. and then as we're also starting to see the eco marketplace come up like as we regenerate and create more of these ecological value on these lands those are that also starts to become more valuable and then air is kind of our networking component and so that's where we're going to be releasing content and kind of learning in public so that people can come yep. on and you know figure out what's what's at the edge of this this regenerative you know i love that there's even a term for it now like regenerative yeah. finance uh it's awesome yeah 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 i like the uh nature market is really interesting too like there's so many there's so many interesting elements of of this sort of new regenerative economy 
that, are, that is being created in real time. You know, like you said, we're kind of we're kind of doing it in public, right? We're just kind of learning on the fly and building an entire new market in real time in public. But that keeps it, I think, pretty transparent. It allows people to kind of educate themselves on what they can get involved in and, and what they want to invest in or what they want to donate to, whatever it may be. I just think it's really as much of a shit show we have in the world, right? There's so much, you know, drama, bad. It's a, it's a lot, but like, man, the people I talk to every day, there, there's optimism in, in, in things uh-huh. that people are creating and tools that are being, you know, utilized to, to kind of, you know, get us to where we want to go, right? And get us to that, to that next generation and that regenerative economy where everything we do has an impact on the world. It's just not an extractive one, but it's a renewable one. That's, that's a powerful thing. And it's possible, man. Like you said, all the tools are, they're going to be there. As long as we totally. keep investing in them, you know, it'll be there. But thanks so much for, yeah. for taking the time. I mean, yeah. it was an amazing conversation. Best of luck for, for the next decade, my man. And, and just keep loving the grind. Keep creating good stuff. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for the time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, and thank you for what you do, man. Like shedding light on all this stuff and the amazing, uh, it's just like, we got to keep the hope, keep the faith. The answers are coming. They're going to be there. So thanks for shedding light on that. Really appreciate you.